This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, Psalm 126, just want to share uh, some great truths. This is a great psalm. Only short psalm, but incredible truths in it. And hopefully afterwards we're going to be praying for a few people. Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for them. And we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Lord, I just thank you that your word is just so amazing and there's just so many wonderful truths in it. And we just pray today. We, we pray, give us revelation knowledge. Give us revelation understanding. Open, the, open our ears today, Father, that we would just hear your voice speak. We don't want to hear the voice of men. We want to hear your voice and the voice of your word. So, Lord, today, just speak and reveal something of yourself, I pray, to every heart. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I kind of love this psalm because part of it speaks of this. I love this phrase where it says that uh, it speaks about them singing and rejoicing and being so glad. I just love that because I just think that's so vital as part of our Christian testimony, if you like, that we, we, just, live, we just live lives of celebration, lives of happiness, lives of joy, and we kind of reflect that. And it would say that we're kind of in a world that's kind of, I think, dare we say miserable, there's that kind of miserably kind of atmosphere. And, I think as believers, as that singing, as that joy, as that joyfulness reflects out of us, there's something powerful about that. It's an incredible, powerful testimony to release the, the joy, the singing, the, the happiness that only Jesus can bring. He's amen to that. And as you look at this psalm, it's, let me just give you a little background of it. The prophets warned... And not just for a decade, for over 150 years, prophets warned the children of Israel that unless they dealt with their idols, unless they really turned back to God, that there would be judgment. And it never just came for a space of a few years. We're talking 150 years. God warned them to come back, to, 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 to turn away from their idols and to, just to come back to God. And we're told that they never heeded their warning, if you like. It's interesting, you know, and I found this more and more, that when God tells us to, not to do things, it's not because he wants to make your life miserable, but he knows actually sin is destructive. I only realise that. And so he's not doing it to sort of confine our lives, but he doesn't want things to come into our lives that damage and affect us. So God's not against, God is not just against sin because it's offensive to him, but because of the damage it does to us. 
How many believe that you know, obedience, living an obedient life for Jesus, is, is the most awesome, amazing life you can live? Is that true? And there's something amazing. There's some amazing blessings that actually are a, re, re, a response to obedience. There's something awesome about living a life of obedience. And because the children of Israel didn't respond to the warnings, didn't heed to what was being said, the result was that the Babylonians came in and they began to, they ransacked the temple, tore down the walls of Jerusalem, and they took the children of Israel right over into Babylon. That's, that was their kind of, that's the way they took nations. They removed the people out of the nation, took them back into Babylon to try to conform to the culture what they did. The prophet Jeremiah warned that the children of Israel, they would go into captivity, but he gave them the promise, 70 years, then you will be released from your captivity. And under a Persian king, which when you think about it, it's this incredible miracle how God used a Persian king to tell the people to go right back to their homeland, rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls. And that psalm really talks about that moment when they were released from their captivity. Isn't that awesome? And it goes on to say, it was just like a dream. Ever had something happen in your life and it's, did I say, almost too good to be true? Ever heard that phrase? And this is what this phrase is about. It's almost too, it was too good to be true. Because it was so amazing, it was so awesome that we were taken out of this land. God fulfilled his promise and it was like a dream. It was, it was just too amazing almost to be true, just like a dream. And there's the phrase we went to see, that God led us out of our captivity. It's so powerful about recognising that in your own life. The power of being delivered from your captivity. Maybe something that we never, ever forget. You think about what you've been delivered from. You know, I would possibly think, there may be even people in this room, that if it wasn't for Jesus delivering you from your captivity, you might not even be alive. Is that true? Some of us could have been, who knows, the destructive things that we could have gone into had not the Lord delivered us out of our captivity. I think when I became a Christian, it was so amazing to me, it was like a dream. It was too good to be true, that incredible peace, that incredible sense of God's presence, and recognising, and as I look back, I wonder where my life would have ended up. I think it would have probably ended up in all kinds of destructive things. I kind of really feel that. And it's almost this sense that we just, we, we celebrate what the Lord has done for us. May we never ever forget what we have been delivered from. That's what the phrase says. It says, it was like a dream when we recognised how the Lord had delivered us from our captivity. And we were just so amazed. We were so rejoicing. It just changed. It, it, it enabled us to come into a life of celebration. 
I think the key to the Christian life, how many would say it's wonderful to have experiences of God? I love encountering God. I love the experiences. I love the, 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 the times where we experience joy and the laughter of the Lord, when you experience this incredible encounters with God, the peace, and all these amazing encounters that we can have with God, the experiences of God. But here's the point. We don't just celebrate the experiences. The key to the Christian life is celebrating our position. Because there's the problem. If we just celebrate our experiences, we're going to be right up and down. <laughs> Go and cook the dinner. That's what it's on. <laughs> we don't just celebrate the experiences. Because if we do, we're going to be up and down all the time. We're never going to be victorious if we just live our life based on experience. We have to learn to celebrate our position. Because that means that when the problems come, when the difficulties come, it doesn't change my position. They may change my experience. They may change my feelings. But they don't change my position. No matter what comes at my life, I'm still a child of God. Amen. No matter what comes against my life, I'm still loved by him. And nothing will separate me from the love of God. I'm still seated in heavenly places with, with Christ Jesus. We've got to celebrate our position, not just our experiences. Jesus said to the disciples once, he says, it's awesome that you've been casting out devils, healing the sick. But don't rejoice that you cast out devils and heal the sick. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Celebrate your position. You see, unless we know our position, then we're never going to really be stable. We're going to be kind of filtering, we're going to be knocked down continually. Until we know who we are in Christ, we're never really going to be effective in our Christian lives. And the key to being a mature, developing, growing Christian is to know who you are in Christ. And celebrate your position. When the Lord delivered me out of my captivity, I once was lost, now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. And I celebrate where God has brought me. He's delivered me from the kingdom of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of light. And there's something about knowing that, in the, not in your head, but in the depths of your heart. There's a revelation of who you truly are in God. You know you're a child of God. And it's not just some head knowledge. It's a true, heartfelt, depth, depth revelation in your heart. You know, no matter what you're facing, you're more than a conqueror. That no matter what comes against your life, you're always going to end up receiving more that you have before you went in than you, than you do when you come out of it. There's that, that reality. This is who I am in Christ. I'm a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. And, and you're just celebrating. And, and that means if we, if we celebrate our position rather than our experience, that means that we can continually live a life of thankfulness. We can live a continual life of celebration. You know, one thing where the disciples really attacked Jesus on, so not the disciples, the Pharisees, sorry. The Pharisees attacked Jesus on this one thing. 
was the fact he lived a life of celebration. They were so stuck in legalism, they were so stuck in, in a kind of legalistic lifestyle, they had no celebration in their heart. When Jesus came, he came as a man of celebration. He celebrated the victories of God. And I think the key to so much of our lives is learning to live a life of thankfulness. Just thanking the Lord for every little thing. Just thank, All the time you just thank him. You know, I think every day if we look for it, there'll be something to be thankful for. Is that true? Every single day. I think it's, the very fact you get out of bed is a good thing to be thankful for. Is that true? So every day we're looking for aspects of ways I can be thankful for. And the more that becomes a lifestyle then you'll find that that becomes a, a, that leads to joy, it leads to a life of continual singing and joyfulness because you're constantly celebrating all the amazing things that God does in your life. And you're living a celebratory lifestyle which always leads to joy. There's an evidence of how effective you are as a believer. You know what it often is? It's how is your joy level? How's your joy level? Because you measure your maturity by your joy level. And so one of, the th- one of the reasons we can see maybe our spiritual tank is going to be emptier is because our joy begins to depreciate. But Jesus was continually, the Bible says, it was the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. The Bible says he was anointed with the spirit of gladness. Just joy bubbled out of his life continually. Because he, lived, he learned to live a life of praise and a life of celebration. So here's the point. They praised and recognized that God has delivered us out of our captivity. And because of that, we will continually rejoice and be thankful. And here's where else it leads to. If you look down at verse 4, because how many of you have found this? It says they were just filled with laughter. Because I think the most... I want you to to Psalms. Look at at verse 4 to start with. It says, Bring back our captivity, Lord, as the streams in the south. In other words, don't let us forget what God did for us. Never let us forget our captivity. Because there's this incredible truth that even though... How many have found this? That that there are certain points that we're seeing all these amazing things happen and then suddenly the enemy can come in and there's all kinds of things going wrong in our life. And the Bible says, even in a barren situation, it says streams in the south will come. Psalm 78, because they learn to continually celebrate their captivity. In other words, we limit God when we forget what he does in our life. Look at Psalm 78. Here's he talks about the children of Ephraim. I think this, though, when we don't remember the good things God has done for us, we get apathetic, we get dull of spirit. And the way to keep your spirit vibrant and alive is to always remember and be thankful for the amazing things God does. Look at Psalm 78, verse 10. 
He says, they did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. Notice what they did. They forgot his works and the wonders he had shown them. Go down to verse 41, verse 41 and verse 42. It says, you again and again they tempted God. Notice this. They limited him. How did they limit him? They did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from their enemy. They just forgot. I think the great way to encourage yourself is to continually meditate on the faithfulness of God. The way to build your faith for tomorrow is to remember what God did yesterday. And just be remembering remembering that. I think the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we declare the works of God, we release a creative, prophetic anointing to change atmospheres. Have you found that? You just think about it. That maybe you're in a bit of a, a discouraged sort of atmosphere, if you like. Then you meet someone who had an amazing testimony that week. How God met a need, or how God healed them in some way. And their testimony has such an impact upon you, it changes your atmosphere. Where you felt discouraged and a bit down, suddenly through their testimony, it's released something of a prophetic anointing that's lifted you. Is that true? And this is what you think. If God could do it for them, guess what? He could do it for me. Is that true? And so it's awesome to, to, to continually be thankful, continually share the amazing things God has done. Number one, it keeps you in remembrance because if you remember, because if he did it in the past, then he's going to do it again. Is that true? David continually, every time he faced a problem or difficulty, he would remind himself of what God did in the past. And as he reminded himself how God delivered him in the, in the past, how he delivered him with the giant, all these other things in his life, as he reminded himself about that, he gave him faith to face today's problems. Never forget the power of God in your life. Constantly bring it before your attention because it gives you a recognition. And then you know what? It also dishonors God when we don't remember the past blessings he's bestowed upon us. And so the way to just to, to release the good things that God does, because it's not just for you, it's there to impact and touch other people's lives. Can you say amen? Now going to, let's kind of change a little bit of the kind of flow of this. There's a great promise. Go back to Psalm 126. And I think there's this amazing promise in this psalm because it's amazing as you kind of, as you read this psalm, you know, the first kind of three verses are just, hooray, it's amazing, it's awesome, it's fantastic, everything, you know, amazing things happening, the celebrating, the dancing, the doing high fives, whatever they're doing, you know, they're just, I mean, they're just full of joy and excitement and enthusiasm. But suddenly they get down to verse four. And we see how slowly the kind of mood changes in a sense because now there's a difficulty, there's problems have come in. And it says in verse 5, what an amazing promise this is for people today. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I just think, what an amazing promise there is. For everyone who's praying for a loved one, for anyone who's hanging on to God, Someone once asked General Booth, they said to him, what is the secret to evangelism? You know what he said? Tears. <laughs> actually, I was really talking about General Booth. I only realised that General Booth actually came to Guernsey for his honeymoon. Isn't that amazing? And here's the incredible thing. He, he won a hundred people for the Lord in Guernsey on his honeymoon. That's awesome. Anyway, so I asked Often, I think sometimes that means that, how many say that the, the thing that we need, we need God's heart, don't we? We need God's heart. That means to experience God's heart. That means at times we're going to have brokenness in our lives. And here's what it says. It doesn't matter how it looks, here is a promise. He that sows with tears... It's going to reap with joy. I want to see the picture of this. This is this picture. Remember, Israel is an agricultural society. You think about it, and it, where, where this psalm is, where this, the psalmist talks about it, it's an area in Israel where it's very hard to sow crops. And here's a picture. You've got a seed in your hand. Do you eat it, which is just for the now, or do you sow it? Now, when they're sowing it. There's tears running down their face because right now they're starving and they could eat that seed. But what they're doing is they are sowing it into the ground. Believing that as they sow their seed, there will come a time when they will harvest it. No matter how difficult it was, how heartbreaking it was, they truly believed as they sowed their seed, at some point there would be a harvest from what they're sowing. And this is the picture for us. Sometimes we go through times of heartbreak, tears, sorrow. You know, I love the thought in the Bible of seed. There's all kinds of things in the Bible that talk about about seed. But you know one of the most powerful seeds we can ever sow are the seeds of tears that when everything is just, you, you, your loved ones seem so far away and circumstances are just contrary, things are falling apart in your life. But in the midst of that, no matter how hard it is, things are falling apart, there's pressure, there's problems, prayers are not being answered as you quite would like them to be answered, the dreams haven't yet come to pass, everything doesn't seem to be working as you thought it would work. But in the midst of that, you're taking your hurt, you're taking your brokenness, you're taking your pain, you're taking your hard circumstances, and you're using it as a seed, and you're sowing it because you're not going to let go of God. No matter what happens, you've made that decision in your heart, I am not going to let go of God. I'm going to hold on to God in this. I'm going to keep reading his word. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep looking to him. And I'm believing as I'm sowing, even through my tears, that I'm going to reap at some point a harvest. Amen. Sometimes when you pray, 
Maybe you can't even articulate what you're praying. It's just tears flowing out. I believe this with all my heart. That God understands the language of tears. Even though it's not articulated, there's something about the language of tears that God hears and God responds to. I don't think there's anything more powerful when you see someone who's away from God and you're just weeping over them, you're crying over their circumstances. I think such an attitude is going to reap incredible things. There we say, and this is a challenge into my own heart. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time any of us ever really wept tears for somebody without Jesus? I think if we knew something more of tears, I think we'd see greater reaping. Amen. There's something about that. There's something powerful in the heart of God that responds to the tears. He responds to people who are going through a hard, challenging, heartbreaking time. But in their heartbreaking time, they're not going to let go of God. They still believe in his promise. They still believe in his word. They're still rejoicing in him. I think it's something powerful when through your tears you're praising him. The tears are flowing down your eyes, your heart's broken, but you're lifting hands up and you're still praising him. And God says when that spirit is there, you at some point are going to see a harvest. When will it happen? I don't know. How will it happen? I don't know. All I know, there's a promise here that if we would be willing to sow in tears, we will reap. Can you say amen? There will be a reaping. There will be a response. God will respond. God will react. It's almost a promise that can never, ever fail. God says, if you do your part, I will do my part. Give it to me. Trust in me. And there will come a time when I will wipe away the tears. The Bible's full of that. just read some of the verses about people who, who prayed with tears. David said, I lay awake night and day, my pillow with tears. Paul said this, I travail like a mother giving birth till Christ be formed in you. Jesus saw Jerusalem and he, what did he do? He wept over it. And I think natural emotions, when they go out to God, are natural and proper. God says to me, you give me your tears and I will work on your behalf and bring you to a place where you will have songs of joy. There may be tears in the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. I love it. You know, I think one of the things that Sometimes we kind of think that if, if we do everything right, we pray right, you know, we declare the word and all these things, that we're never going to have a problem. And we realize that is so false. You know, if, it, if we ever believe that we, we can do all the right things, you know, pray, seek God, do all those things, and we're never going to have a problem, never going to have any tears, never going to have any heartbreaks, never have any disappointments, it's totally false and it's not true. Because at times there are mysteries in God. Things happen that we don't always necessarily understand. The mysteries. But, if in the midst of that we still hold on to God, I believe with all my heart, 
we're going to see incredible reaping in our lives, in our situations. I don't believe God will ever fail. God will never let you down. God will bring it out. Never be embarrassed to cry. Don't hold her in. But let it flow out to the living God. And watch him work, watch him move, watch him change your circumstances. And Jesus is saying, the one who trusts me and follows me, serves me, even in the hardest places, he's like that farmer going out to sow. He's got a pouch, he's got a handful of seeds, but he believes with all his heart that as he sows them, his harvest is just going to burst forth in his life. I think one of my heroes of the faith, and I've got quite a few, but one of my great heroes is Hudson Taylor. Ever heard of Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor was one of the great missionaries who went to China. What's known, what is not always known about Hudson Taylor, but when he went to China, he had this little girl, he had some, he has, I don't know many children, but he had so many children, but he had this little girl that he loved so much. Beautiful girl that he loved so much. And when she would see all the Chinese worshipping idols, she says, oh, oh, daddy, I just would so love those, those people to, to, to come to Jesus. And that would be a heart cry. That little girl died. And it broke his heart. But he still remained in China. He was sowing with tears. His heart was broken. Devastated for what happened. He was the first missionary ever really to wear the clothing of the culture. He wore Chinese clothes. And he went out with a broken heart sowing tears sowing seed with tears China now actually has probably more Christians in China than any other nation in the world and I think part of that dare I say it was because a man went there and he was sowing seed with tears generations later have reaped what he sowed and I think actually you can look at so many nations that have seen revival now it's because years or generations before, men and women, without seeing anything happen, were sown with tears. Brokenhearted, not seeing results, not seeing any difference. But they kept sown with tears. Generations later, they reap what was sown. And in China, they reaped what people like Hudson Taylor sowed with tears. He that sows with tears shall reap with joy let me just bring this last phrase here it speaks there of he that sows with tears shall reap with joy it says he last saw that it says, bearing seed for sowing now how many of you sometimes have got in your, how many have got in the translation there Precious seed. Because we've got precious seed in that. I think it's the NIV that speaks of precious seed. Well, if you haven't, never worry. But in the Hebrew, the word there for seed, it speaks of precious seed. Not just seed, but precious seed. Now, there's a big difference between seed and precious seed. I mean, it's great to have seed, but there's a difference that comes about from having seed that becomes Precious seed. How does it become precious seed? Tells you there. 
It says they bear the seed. They kind of release the seed. They, they release the seed. In other words, that when you have a seed and it's attached with some tears, some brokenness, some weeping, what becomes seed becomes precious seed. But here's the point. If it just remains in my hand, it's just seed. It's only when I release it, it becomes precious seed. See, we've all got talents, we've all got resources, we've all got abilities. And as long as we hold on to it, it's just seed. That actually is never going to bear any fruit. It's never going to be effective, never going to be productive. It only becomes productive, not when I talk about how much seed I have, or say, you know, I've got this amazing seed, it's awesome, it's amazing. Not just when I talk about it, when I take that seed and I release. And the moment I take my resources, my talents, my abilities, and I release it into the ground, you know what happens? It becomes precious seed. Especially through tears, through pain in the heart, through difficulties. When I sow that seed, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about praying when you don't want to pray. I'm talking about praying when everything's falling apart, but you're saying, you know, I've got, I've, got, I've got the prayer of seed here, and I'm going to pray into this situation, even though it seems impossible. I'm just going to release that seed of prayer, because that seed then becomes precious seed. I'm going to keep praising, even though it's so hard. The last thing I want to do is, everyone felt that? The last thing I want to do is praise. You know, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. But... I'm taking this seed and I'm releasing it. And that seed, of praise, that seed of praise becomes precious seed. And I just love this thought that God gives us seed that can become precious seed when it's released. As long as we hold on to it, as long as we kind of keep it in our hands, it's never precious. But the moment I release it, it becomes precious enough to actually be productive and see effect. That's what we want, isn't it? We don't just want seed, we want to release it so it's productive and effective. And David and the psalmist says, as you sow that seed, it becomes amazing. As long as it's in your hand, nothing happens. But the moment it becomes something costly and we begin to release it, it becomes precious Seed. And I love this where it says. Ever thought ever said that word there? Verse six there. What just says a powerful word there? It's the word doubtless. Without doubt. Ever had that confidence in something? Without doubt it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? It's like without doubt. Doubtless. Get a hold of that. I take what's in my hand, I release it, I sow it. Tears flowing out of my heart. Things are falling apart. Things are difficult. But I'm sowing the seed. I'm sowing the seed. I'm sowing the seed. And the promise of God, doubtless, absolute certainty, 
without doubt, absolute, you can, well, you can base your life on it, absolute certainty that he that sows with tears shall doubtless come back rejoicing. I love the story of the woman with the alabaster bottle. We are told that was costly. Worth a, a, a worth a salary for one man's, a year's salary. How many think that's pretty expensive ointment? That's pretty expensive aftershave, you know what I mean? It's, it's costly stuff. As long as it remained in the alabaster bottle, it was just expensive ointment. It was just expensive. No one would have heard of it, no one would have even known of it. But the moment she broke that alabaster bottle and poured it on the feet of Jesus, she released something that Jesus says the whole world is going to know about that. The gospel will come from what that woman has done. The disciples looked at her and said, that is such a waste. That could have been used to feed the poor. But Jesus says, leave her alone. What she has done is the most beautiful thing. She's taken something so precious and she's poured it out and given it to me. She was not willing to do just average, mediocre. Sometimes we can live kind of average, mediocre. She wanted to be radical and give that, which remember that, if you like, that was probably her life insurance, if I can use that term. Something that she put aside for her retirement. That's what, what they would usually do. But she poured it out. And her name, what she did, has been known throughout the whole world. Amen. It wasn't something she held on to. Just something that she released. And it became precious. I'm just wondering, as we release things to God, how that we've got amazing things in our lives that can become amazingly precious that can impact and influence. Remember when she did it, we're told the fragrance filled the whole house. Sometimes when you release your seed and you release the things that God has put into you to release, it's amazing the effect that can have on anybody else. Amen. So remember that. He that sows with tears shall reap with joy. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelin.co.uk.